Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. Have you ever thought about being a guest on a podcast? Did you know that being a guest is a great way to increase your visibility? I've put together a free step-by-step guide to get you and your business featured on your favorite podcast. Just go to polinapriar.com slash DIY slash podcast pitch, or find the link in the show notes to start pitching yourself to podcasts. Now on to the show. I'm so excited to have Miranda Namias on today. She's a systems expert and is going to be talking to us about all things creating systems and systematizing your onboarding process, which I'm so excited to talk about because I think we all can use help in that area or at least hear about better ways to do it. So Miranda, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about onboarding. It's one of my favorite topics. I mean, I like any kind of system, but onboarding is a really good system to start with if you're interested in getting started with systems. So I'm super pumped to talk more about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think systems in general are so good. I think so many of us probably start our business with a major lack of systems because we're like, let me just do all these things and see kind of like how everything works. And then it's like, you've been in it for years and you're still kind of piecing things together as you go because you've never set up a a true system for certain things. So I think it's gonna be awesome. I want to jump. I so badly want to just jump right into talking about that. But I want to (laughs) also let you start by uh, we always kind of, you know, I want to hear about your actual business journey yourself, like how you went about starting your business, um, and what that experience has been like for you. So please give us a little of that background first and make me wait a little bit longer to hear about the the Yes, we can drag it out. Give the uh, anticipation. Yes. Um, so excited to hear now. <laughs> so back in 2012, I graduated from college. I had a bachelor's degree in English and I had no idea what I was going to do with it. I never really felt like I had this clear direction of where my life was going to go and what kind of career I was going to have. And so after I graduated college, I ended up going to work for my dad. Um, He runs his own business. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Dad, can I work for you? (laughs) And so he let me work with him. And I worked with him for about five years. And when I was working for him, I really kind of fell in love with the idea of owning my own business. And I started out just doing random odd jobs like uh, as a virtual assistant. And then over time, I eventually realized that what I love doing more than anything else was creating and implementing systems for myself as well as for my clients that made our lives easier, our business easier, and saved us time so that everything could be more efficient, run more smoothly, and also to spend more time in my business doing the things I really enjoyed, stuff like creating content and being able to teach others how to build these types of systems. I love it. So what has that looked like in terms of, I, like you have a team and everything now, like you, it, that can't have been, how many years have, been, have you been doing it now? Like your business? Um, four and a half. That's pretty impressive. I mean, it's a long time, but not a long time. I feel yeah. 
it's like, it probably goes by in a flash. So what kind of, um, so do you work with like all kinds of different businesses, different types of business owners? Do you have kind of a certain, I don't know, type or industry that tend to come to you? Um, I work specifically with service-based business owners, women, female service providers. So anybody who's doing like digital marketing, social media management, graphic design, PR, like any type of service and um, setting up systems for that like service delivery and client management process for them. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. I feel like I'm going to need to hire you or something. (laughs) That sounds great. I feel like I have very few systems in my business. Okay. So what kind of systems do you use in your business personally? And then maybe you should tell me what kind I should be using in mine (laughs) if it's different. Um, honestly, I have a system for pretty much everything. So I feel like this is kind of a loaded question because I have literally dozens and dozens of systems. Mm. Um, but I can, I kind of break it down a little bit to make it easier. Cause I don't, I don't want somebody listening to this to think that they, you know, if they don't have any systems that they need to, they are suddenly lacking all of these systems because that's not true. It took me years to build these up. And I like to think of my business or, or really any business as having three main areas. And within these areas, you can build up systems to like fulfill these different areas in your business. So the first area is marketing. And this is anything that you're doing to get clients for your business. So this includes stuff like social media, email marketing, um, like blog post or video content creation, um, lead generation. And then the second area is fulfillment. And this is anything that you do to fulfill that service to your clients once they become a client. So that this actually includes the onboarding process and then as well, the service delivery process and any systems that go along with that. And then the third area of your business is operations. So this is stuff like finances, project management, like anything in the, in the back end that helps your business run. So I, there are several different systems that you can have within each of these areas. And, um, it's a little bit different for everybody, just depending on, you know, what types of marketing you do, what types of services you provide, but those are the three main areas that every business needs systems in. Oh yeah. I love it. That's great. So yeah, I feel like I don't have those. So <laughs> I mean, I guess I probably do kind of have systems for a lot of those things, but not in like a formal way, right? Like I'm sure there are certain ways I do certain things, but I've never like written them down or told anybody else how to be able to do it for me. Things like that, which I imagine is one of the things that makes this really useful. Yeah, because the whole idea behind a system is you're setting it up so that you can either get it so that it's automated or um, delegate it out to somebody else on your team so that you no longer have to do it, or maybe you just have to do a small piece of it. So there are things in your business that you might already be doing, but it's creating the system is just creating like a process so that it's the same every time for the most part. And it will help you and your team complete it in a more efficient way. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's all about efficiency. (laughs) I love being more efficient and like that's saving you money basically at the end of the day. Yes. 
It is, it does like for real. You can do so much more when you have systems because the more automated it is, the more delegated it is. That's how you free up that time to be able to do more stuff. Yeah. So okay, let's just jump right into it. I mean, we can talk more about your business later. I want to hear. So, like, when it comes to onboarding, like, what are like, can you give away all the goods? Like, what does a good onboarding structure look like, and like why yeah. you should have one? Like, I don't. Yeah. Start from the beginning, I guess. Like, what would that be? Okay. So first let's answer the question about like why you need onboarding because, and also like onboarding in general, what it is, is it's just the process of taking somebody who is like about to work with you and then getting to the point where you're actually delivering the service. So it's this little piece of time that comes like right after they say, yay, let's work together. And then it goes up until you start delivering the service. So pretty much everybody like is going to have something set up for onboarding, even if it's not automated or not delegated, or it's different every time. Like everybody has onboarding. It just it's a little bit easier for you when it's more systemized and maybe even more automated so that it looks the same for every single client, every single time. And then the process just becomes a lot more smooth. And specifically, I really like to systemize onboarding because when you first start working with a client, at least in my experience, it's typically the like rockiest part of the whole relationship because mm-hmm. this process is when you're, you're like trying to get all this information from them and you're also trying to like figure out how your two personalities mesh together and work together and you're like learning all this information about them and it can just be like really choppy and kind of awkward to do all of those things at once really quickly. And it's important for it to be smooth in order for you to show your client, like, I'm a really professional person and I'm not like sending you a million emails being like, oh, wait, I forgot to ask you about this. Oh, wait, I forgot about this. And it helps like when you showcase that professionalism and have it be this really smooth process, both for you and the client, it really helps set the tone for how the rest of your relationship is going to be. And this whole onboarding process is it really has two important pieces where you're, you're gathering this information and then you're also working to set expectations. Mm-hmm. And these expectations are really important for having a healthy long-term relationship with your client. Yeah, I think. And it's like, you don't want to make it seem like it's going to be a ton of extra work on their end. I feel like that's something I always feel. I'm like, yeah, are all the things I need from you. And like, yeah, working with me is going to actually end up taking like half of your day up. Like <laughs> you need, like you don't want it to sound too hard. And yeah, I think like having it streamlined and, and just coming across professional and like you are going to make it as easy as possible for them is really important. I feel like I can picture in some ways how this could be really simple for certain types of businesses. So I guess I want to hear like what you suggest for kind of like a basic, you know, kind of easy situation. But I also am curious, like if you have, so I, I always feel like whenever I've talked about or thought about this a lot for myself, I've thought, well, a few things. First of all, it's not as worth it for a business like mine because I don't bring on new clients that often. I work with a few long-term clients 
for a long time, right? So I'm only bringing on a new client, like, you know, not even every couple months. I mean, hopefully, you know, usually, usually my clients <laughs> are, I, I try not to work. I try not to take on a client that's not going to sign a contract for less than six months. And I mean, I've never really had an instance where, you know, they don't last that long and I have to like bring on a new one. And it always feels like they're so personal and specific because I sometimes offer somewhat different services to different clients. So that's the other piece of it too, I think. So sometimes I need a lot of different information. Sometimes I need less or something else. So like for the, all those reasons, it feels like more complicated. So I'm really curious to hear if you have any tips for things like that, like a really personalized type of long-term client business too. Yeah. I think a lot of the people that I do help set this up for have more than just like a very small handful of clients. So for somebody like you, it might be less important, but at the same time, if you know that you will eventually have to onboard another client, you should have at least some basic system set up. And it almost becomes even more important because if you're going months and months without onboarding a new client, you don't have that like practice of doing it so frequently that you will, you might like forget stuff Mm -hmm. that you need from them. And that could make the onboarding process more choppy. So just because you don't do it that frequently doesn't mean that you don't need a system. It just maybe means that your system doesn't need to be quite as complex. But maybe doing things like having a template for your contract that's the same every time, having a client welcome kit that's the same every time, maybe having a super basic intake form that's the same every time. Even just implementing some of those things. You have all of those things. So maybe I am Maybe I have more of a system than I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe you do. What part of it do you feel isn't systemized? Well, I guess if, I guess I just feel like I don't have it written down in one place where it's like, here's what to do. Like, here's what to send them on the first day. Here's what to do here and there. And so I'm kind of like pulling it all together each time separately, which I always kind of, as I said, talk myself into thinking, well, you know, it's all very personal sometimes, you know. Sometimes they sign a contract, you know, it's two months, two weeks before they're ready to start. So I'm not going to like send the invoice the same day. I'll give them like a little time, you know, as long as, you know, the invoice technically I would send on like the first of the month. Um, Sometimes they sign on like the day before they want to get started. So then, you know, I have to get everything from them all at once. But I do. I mean, I do have, you know, this agreement that I update the, you know, update with the specifics, but it's the same basically every time I have a kind of getting started paperwork that I send with some more, you know, maybe like a, a bit of a welcome kit, as you said. Yeah. Um, I haven't, you know, my invoicing system all online and I have kind of like, you know what I should probably do? I have a bit of an email that's kind of like, here's all these things for getting started. And I should probably just save that somewhere and make it a little bit more, I don't know, general yes. in a way that would work for everybody. I feel like I usually do kind of go back and copy and paste an old one that I sent and then just update it for, you know, the new person um, because it is all fairly similar. I use, I work mostly out of Google Drive. So I have usually set up a folder for them with different things in it that will be useful for them. So like all of those things are pretty, I guess, systematized right so just as an example um like a lot of those things that you mentioned having set set up 
that is, that's step one. Like if you have those things, you're in a really good place. And then if you want to improve upon that, the next step would be kind of automating it. So like all of those steps that you talked about, I have in my own client onboarding system, but it happens automated. Like I don't have to manually send an email, send a contract, send an invoice or send the intake form. It all happens automated. Oh, so how do you do that? Is that like a separate, like, like that's a... Um, I use Zapier for um, my automation. Um, so I basically have it set up so that like whenever um, somebody submits their payment, which I have set up as like a checkout form online so that I can automate it and it's not an invoice. Mm-hmm. Once they fill out the checkout form, it like sends them an automated email, sends them a contract, sends them every the intake form and it's all like happens without me even having to touch it. Wow. Okay. So tell people, you said that Zapier? Yeah. Zapier is a tool that I use for automation and it just connects two tools together. So it's like, if something does this, then something does that. Like it just kind of connects I the two love things the together. Idea. I'm going to put that in the show notes. I've heard of that. A lot of heard of people who use that and love it. And I've actually just never, I guess I've never come up with a reason why I needed it or like a system that would make sense to use it, but I have looked into it before and I think it is like such a cool thing because it works with different types of, like, as you said, it can be like when somebody fills out this form on my website, like this email is sent, like it, like it works like with different platforms and things like that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Like it can make something happen somewhere else. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, no, I know it's kind of hard to explain, but that you, you are explaining it well. It's when something happens in this program, something else happens in this program and it has pretty much any program that you would be using as a service provider, which is what makes it so great. And there is a little bit of a learning curve to set it up. It's, it's a little bit techy, a tiny, tiny little bit, and it takes some practice playing around with it. But honestly, if you start using it, you'll become obsessed with it because it is so helpful in terms of helping you save time. Yeah. So, okay. I feel like we kind of just, I kind of took that over a little personally, but (laughs) (laughs) we kind of touched on a lot of the things, but I want to let you actually go through and answer that a little bit more. Like if it was like a uh, um, I'm gonna sort of looking for it. Like a general client of yours, like a typical client of yours. Like, mm-hmm. what would you set up for the basic onboarding system? And like, what would be like? You know, this is the first thing that would happen. This is the next thing, and and which yeah that they need. So it does tend to look a little bit different for everybody, but I'm going to, I'll go over some of the basic steps that pretty much almost everybody should have. So the very first step, it kind of starts when they like agree to work with you. So usually that would be like on a discovery call or over email, they would say, yes, let's work together. And then the next step is um, they either you send an invoice or they submit payment. However, the payment part happens, that's the next step. And then after that, um, I mean, you can kind of switch the order around a little bit. This is the order that I recommend. Some people do it slightly differently. Like some people send the welcome email and then the invoice. Personally, I do the payment first and then I send a welcome email. And the welcome email includes like, it's 
I mean, it's, it welcomes them as a new client. And it typically also includes like a list of next steps. Yes. And these things are going to include um, them signing their contract. Um, typically, this is when you would deliver a welcome kit or like um, your little like working document. I forget what you called it, but whatever like document that you would send over after working together, typically this includes like your communication preferences, your office hours, anything about your process that they need to know. You might also want to have them fill out an intake form. I highly recommend this um, to get any of the important information that you need from them, stuff like um, information about their brand and their business and their goals as well as any like links that you need from them. You might also want to set up something so that they're sending you passwords if you're on the more technical end of things and you need access to any of their softwares or programs. Um, and then another step is having them book a kickoff call, which um, not everybody does, but you may want to include in your onboarding process. So this would be where you like, it's sort of at the end of the onboarding where you talk about the next steps of like the service delivery process. Um, Or like if you're a coach, that might be like your first coaching call with them. And then as well, and I think a lot of people forget about this, there there may be things that you want to do in the back end. So a lot of the things that I just mentioned are all things that the client is going to come into interaction with. Um, Like your welcome kit, that's something that they're receiving and that they're looking at. But there are other things in the client onboarding process, the client you know, doesn't really know about, or they don't need to know about things like adding them to your project management system, adding them to your billing software, setting up tools, like maybe you're adding them to a social media scheduler that you have, maybe you're setting up a Google Drive folder for them, all of those things that you need to do in the back end of your own business to prepare for delivering the service. Yeah, that's, that makes so much sense. (laughs) So do you recommend that people just kind of, I mean, I guess if you're doing it through through Zapier and stuff, you, it's like an automatic system. What if it's not, what if it's like for any reason, we're not comfortable having it be used quite so automatic? Like, do you just recommend writing it all out in like a Word document or like a Google, Google doc um, document and just like to make sure you follow it every time? Or like, how do you, what do you, how do you keep track of it all? I guess. Um, so personally, I use Asana for my project management system, I, I think everybody should use some type of project management system. This could be Trello, Monday, ClickUp, Basecamp. Like there's a million of them. Figure out which one works for you. Personally, I use Asana. And whenever I have a new client come in, I create a new client project for them in Asana. And in there, I have this onboarding workflow that it's like a template and it has a list of all the tasks that I like to do as part of my onboarding process. And so I would just, you know, I just duplicate that every time I get a new client and I go through the list and check them off as I'm going down the list. And this is definitely helpful, especially if you have a team so that you can delegate certain pieces of it um, if needed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Tell me you have like a free download or something on your website of like what that should be. Or is that like the kind of stuff you actually do create, you create for your clients? Um, I, yeah, I do have um, like a client onboarding checklist. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to share that because I feel like I want to go through and make sure I have all those pieces. I do use Asana sort of too. I'm like in the process of switching to Trello, but I still like um, just because I, 
for my team, like I really liked using Trello as a team. I still like Asana so much for like kind of my personal to-do mm-hmm. lists though. So got to figure out, I might, I might do what you said, create that in Asana for now at least. I don't know. I like it. I want to have it. I want, yeah, I want, I want that. I want some system where it'll be like every single time it's like, here's all this. Cause that's definitely the type of thing I run into. Like sometimes I won't do all the back end stuff the same day that I send them, you know, the email with all of the stuff that they need to do and like get set up. And then, yeah, like a week later, I'm like, oh, wait, we don't have like that password. If, you know, we're going to yeah. do something in their social media or something and, or didn't set it up into the, as you said, like this, the scheduling system that we use. So it would be good to have all that just like in the same place, like the same day that you're doing this, just do all the other things so that it's totally all set and you don't have to come back like next week and be like, oh, wait, we forgot to get this thing from you. Yeah. I mean, at its, you don't have to set it up to be automated. At its very basic level, it's really just a list of everything that you need to do when you first start working with a client so that you don't forget. And from the client's perspective, it seems like you have everything together because you're not coming to them a million different times asking for all these little things at different points. Like instead, you're just sending one email and it has everything that they need to do. And then you're taking care of everything else in the back end. Yeah. And they can kind of work through it at their own pace. Like if they can't, you know, fill out all the things at once, that's fine. They know they can revisit this email. They're not going to have to keep clicking back and forth to find like different emails or have something else from you come in later or wonder like, well, aren't they going to need like this other Yes, exactly. As you said, like the client information sheet, like, aren't they going to need to know some of my branding information? Like, why didn't they ask for anything like that? It's like, here's everything. Yes. Yeah. It just helps them feel more taken care of. Like you're totally on top of it. And it builds that trust that, you know, they made a good investment in you and you're showing them I'm on top of it. You can trust me. I'm going to deliver this service professionally and you don't need to worry about a thing because that's why you hired me. Yeah. And I think for so many businesses, like that's really important too, because it's like, like for my business, I mean, and I didn't even mention this. Most of the people who listen to this podcast probably know, but I have a, I run a PR agency. So it's almost like my interaction with a client, especially at the very beginning is kind of showing them how I'm going to interact with other people on their behalf as well, because that's what I'm doing is like pitching them to, you know, writers and other like partnerships and collaborations. And they need to see that like, oh yeah, she like, you know, knows how to correspond in a effective and efficient manner, make things super clear, make, make sure people are going to know what it is she wants when she first emails is not going to take a million back and forth. Cause all of those things not only are kind of negative in just from a client trying to get started with you, but also would be negative for me conducting outreach that way on their behalf. So I kind of see it as like a twofold thing, especially at the beginning. So I do try to keep it. I mean, I know I was kind of like, I don't really have much of a system, but <laughs> I do have a very like good kind of email. I think even though I don't have it all set up, you know, written down as a system. Um, yeah. I do think it's really important and I do take time to make sure that like the email has everything that it's going to link to everything they would need when it comes to like, like I have it linked to my invoice sister, like I have it linked to like their first invoice, like on my online system, which even because it sends it as like a third party thing. And I never want them to be like, oh, I don't know if I saw the, you know, the email from the invoice 
system in my inbox. So everything's linked, you know, and it links to the Google Drive. It links to the questionnaire that I need. And and then I have an attachment for like the other documents. But yeah, it just shows like, this is how I conduct business. This is, you know, I know how to make, I know how to get things done. Yes, exactly. It sounds like you're in a really great place. And maybe like your back end could be cleaned up a tiny bit, but the front facing side of your client onboarding from the client's perspective, sounds like it's on track and you have that nailed down, which is great. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear you say that because I thought you were going to like say maybe something <laughs> I've never thought of needing. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't even know I needed that. People are doing that. But so are there any things like what, are there any problems that you see people run into when they either don't have a great system or when they're trying to set up a system and like have any issues like that people who are listening to this might be like, yeah, but this didn't work for me or, or this is the thing I still really struggle with anything like that. Yeah. So there are usually like two main problems that I see people having with onboarding. And the first one is it's just plain, like not systemized enough. Like they have onboarding, but it's not organized. And and this is kind of maybe where I would put like the category that I would put you in where, Mm -hmm. um, or, slightly worse where maybe they're like reinventing the wheel every single time. Like they're rewriting that email every time they they don't have it set up so that it's a process and they don't have it set up so that possibly in the future, it could be super easily delegated to your team because you don't want to get into a position where you're like, you don't have a lot of time to, to do all these things, but you also don't have like an SOP, a standard operating procedure for this type of thing to delegate out. So you're stuck having to do it yourself mm-hmm. when you're super busy. You want to always be able to delegate out things if you have to. And so that's why getting it systemized can help and can be important like down the road. And also I, I'm, you know, 90% of your onboarding should look the same pretty much for any single client. So, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, this client's different and this client's different and this client's different. Like, no, (laughs) like onboarding should look the same every single time. Like if it doesn't, it might be like, maybe you're not niched down enough. Maybe you need to package your services better, or you need to, you know, be the expert that your client needs and tell them, this is how we work together. And this is what, is going on. Like here are all of my boundaries and expectations and this is the type of service that I'm offering. Yeah. Wait, that's a really good point. Like if you find yourself having to change things up every time, then it's like probably maybe people are asking too much of you. Like they're asking for different things, which aren't really your core services or not really the way you normally do things or they're a hundred percent special thing. And that means, yeah, it's like, you sh- yeah, maybe that's a, a little wake it's up. It's a red flag. And then the other problem that I see is that people have like a good onboarding system set up, but it's more just like all of these pieces, but they aren't really using it as an opportunity to set expectations. So they have all the like components there, but they're not actually taking advantage of this as being a really, really opportune best time to set expectations with your clients because you just started working together. And now is the time to show like to set those boundaries so that you don't have scope creep later on, or that, you know, they're disappointed because your service didn't provide what they were looking for. Onboarding should clearly lay out what the client can expect to 
receive and experience when they're working with you. And that should include all of your boundaries and like a list of your deliverables and and all of that stuff. And when you do that correctly, it really, really helps to make sure that you have a good long-term healthy relationship with them. And if you don't have your onboarding set up correctly, it can lead to rough communication down the road and issues. And I find that a lot of issues that happen later on, like even months down the road can really like all be tied back to their onboarding process, not being, you know, super clear with those expectations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And if it does seem like something was coming up and you did do really great onboarding, you can always be like, you, know, you can refer back to it. Yeah. Right. Like, hey. like in a nice way, be like, you know what? I just want to make sure that, you know, maybe you review the paperwork that you signed that explained how we're going to work or like, you know, whatever it is, like explained what our communication is going to look like or what our reporting system is going to look like and make sure that still works for you. And if not, maybe we should discuss changing yes. things or whatever that would look like. Yeah. That's such a good point. Okay. So I feel like, I mean, that was all really helpful. We kind of mapped out like everything you need, but what would you say for someone who's like, you know, we're all really busy right now, but if somebody's like, I know I need to do this, but like, what's like the one or two things that we should start with right now? Like, what would you say is the best way to start that somebody could implement like today in like five minutes that they have after this to get started with creating a system? Oh, okay. This is a good question. I, I don't know if I can give you five minutes. I could maybe give you like 20 minutes. (laughs) That's fine. I just like, you know, something that somebody can get started with right now, because I always like to have, you know, things be as actionable as possible, but I'm also realistic enough to know that we're not all going to be able to set aside a whole day right now, you know, to, to set this up. So what's one thing to make us feel like we're, we're one, one to three things to feel like we're making progress and getting somewhere with creating system. So I feel like, you know, a lot of the things you talked about are sort of like, advanced client onboarding, like setting up that automation and getting it, like getting a workflow and delegating it to your team. Like you don't need to feel like you have to do that right away. If you don't have an onboarding process set up and you want to get started, the number one thing I would recommend doing, you know, before anything else is getting your client welcome kit set up or whatever you want to call it. This Mm -hmm. like PDF or email or some sort of document that you are going to deliver to them when you first starting start working together that goes over how you work, including those boundaries, because really the most important thing here, again, is to set those expectations and having a client welcome kit that shares with them what they can expect, like the deliverables, and then also like your communication preferences, your office hours, your like any like management style, stuff like that. It doesn't have to be super long. It can be like one page. Like just sit down with a Google doc and write down some of the basic things that you want all of your clients to stick to how you work and then send that to people when they first started work, start working with you. It's going to help you seem more professional with your clients and it's going to really help set those boundaries, which will help down the road so that you don't experience scope creep and you have that really healthy relationship with them. Yes, that's great. I love that. That's something we could all do today. If if you don't already have that, think about what those, think about what those even are, like those different parts to your, what boundaries or, or how you work. I like that. (laughs) Like, how are the, what are those things? Maybe you've never even thought about it enough to put it down on paper. Maybe you have it kind of written out in different places, but not all in one document or 
something like that. So put pulling that all together. So you have something nice that you can send to people at the beginning. That's a good place to start. But I think we should all try to create a whole system, like you said, and put it in a sauna or somewhere and be able to check everything off as we go. I love it. So anything else that you want to say about systems before? No, I I feel like we covered a lot. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I think it's, I think it's really helpful and just such a good thing to like think about every once in a while too, because I think even if we do have something in place, like maybe you want to update it every couple of years, you know, just like a reviewing it and thinking about it, making sure it's all still true to you and how you want to run your business too. Um, and, and still kind of still resonating with the type of clients you're working with now, you know, maybe you, maybe you set one up three years ago and now your clients are a little different or whatever it is. Like, I think it's just always good to be thinking about this stuff. So that's such a good point. I I recommend doing a review of your onboarding system and your contract once a year. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Contract too. Yeah. Cause things change, you know, and we're like, Oh, I've got the system down. Like now I never need to think about this again, but not really the case. Yeah. Good. So I want to, I want to go back a little bit now without making this conversation too, too long, but I want to hear a little more about your business. Like, well, actually what I just thought of as you were talking, this just got me thinking, like, what is your data? Like, do you, I feel like you probably have systems for everything. Like, as you said, you have a lot of (laughs) your business, but like, what about just like in your day to day, like as a business owner and like running your business in your life, like what else do you have systems for? That would be maybe something that I don't have systems for. (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, I mean, (laughs) again, pretty much everything. So I have a system for, um, like I really like my social media systems and I, I have like a separate system for each platform that looks a little bit different. So like I have a system for posting on Instagram. I have a system for Pinterest. I have a system for Facebook and each platform that I really want to have as like a key marketing piece in my business. I make sure that I have some sort of system so that content is going out on a regular basis. And I really like to repurpose content. So I basically just put out one core piece of content each week, which uh, for me is a blog post and a podcast episode that are like the same on the same topic. Mm -hmm. And then um, I have like a system for that as well, like a whole system for, you know, I need to outline the post, I need to create the graphics, I need to finalize the posting to create the title. I need to do SEO keyword research. I need to record the podcast and like every single step, you know, is all in there. And then wow. it gets repurposed for all of the social channels. And, um, I really, I, that's one of my favorite systems is, well, I, I swear I say that about every single one. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they all make your life easier, right? I mean, yeah. They're all your favorite. I need that one though. I definitely, yeah, I could use that <laughs> good system for repurposing content Yes. Even just like, as you said, like outline the blog post, come up with the graphics, all those things. I mean, like, again, it's all things I do. Right. But I don't necessarily have like, oh, let me just check it all off the list as I go. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised how much time it will save you if you have it templated. Like I have like a template doc for my blog post where it's like, you know, put the title here, put the introduction here, and then here's like where the headings should go and then the conclusion. So it's all very like the less your brain has to work to like think about it every single time, the more efficient you'll get. Like even if you are writing a blog post from scratch. It's like, it doesn't feel like you're creating it from scratch. If you're starting with like a template, 
It's almost like a blog yes. drag and drop blog post or something. Yeah, it kind of is. Podcast episodes too. And what I like about it is that probably like you can, you can easily hand off a lot of those things to like, I, if I had that and I was like, you know, here are the exact types of, you know, other content, like social posts to create out of this blog post, this podcast episode, I'm already going to have this week and just like had my assistant plop them all into what they need to be. That would be really easy, but I don't yeah. have that written out. So I never think to ask her to even like do things like that. <laughs> So that would be good. And also, I totally forgot what else I was just going to say about that. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, if you're having trouble, I know that a lot of people have trouble getting started because they're like, I don't want to sit down and take the time to actually like build out the system when it's faster for me to just do it, like reinvent the wheel every time, which is true. But <laughs> if you do sit down and do it once and document it all, then think about how much time you're going to save in the future. It can be hard to put that into perspective, but it's actually not as hard as it seems. Like literally just turn on Loom or any other like screen recording software and talk while you're doing. It doesn't really take that much longer. And then you can just send it over to your team and be like, this is what you should do next time. (laughs) Yeah. And I can even like, as I said, like have my assistant say like, just watch this and you write it out, like write out yeah. what it is. Because yeah, I mean, why not? That's silly. I think the best part too for me would just be having dates for it because like a whole week will go by and I'm like, oh wait, I just never held myself accountable to like making, you know, as of keeping with the same example, like making a content, you know, a Facebook post out of that blog post. Like I just never, because there was no due date on doing that. And it was like in my head as something that should be done, but having like dates, like, okay, if the blog post goes up on like a Wednesday, like let's have these images created by third, you know, to go up on Thursday or whatever it is. Exactly. That's why I love using Asana because then you can like assign it to yourself or your team members with the due dates and have it all kind of flow. Like on this date, this happens, this date, this happens, this date, this happens. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So we're all going to make systems for everything now. Yes. Um, so in, in that vein, like from a business standpoint for you, what is like a, what does a general day look like? And what does a successful day look like for you on the back end of your business or like what your day to day is like? Uh, I love this question. <laughs> um, so let's see a successful day for me, um, is a productive day. Mm -hmm. I like to, I want to like get up before my alarm even goes off and I'm going to make myself a huge cup of coffee and then start the day out by diving right into some really complex tasks. Personally, I just, I love being challenged and I like doing work that is difficult, but I cannot do it all day long and I can't do it at certain times of the day because my brain just gets tired. And so I like to take advantage of my energy first thing in the morning and do all of the most complex projects and tasks then. And then after that stuff's done, the rest of the day is, goes pretty easily. I check in on my team. I check in with my clients. I share some stories on Instagram. I take some breaks and play with my dog. And in between that stuff, do some of the less difficult tasks that don't require as much brain power. And if it's nice outside, I love to work outside um, in the fresh air as well. Yes. Yeah. I like it. How do you um, communicate with your team? Uh, We use Slack for communication and then Asana for the actual like project management of it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I've recently gotten more into Slack. I, well, 
so at the time of this recording, hopefully this will be such old news by the time this episode goes up, but <laughs> we're still stuck at home because of uh, COVID. And so we just got really, my team's just got really into using Slack because we used to have an actual office space and we all went remote. Obviously we all, it's mm. like two of us, but um, <laughs> it just got into Slack. So I'm now like always asking people like, what do you use for communicating with your team? Like, how do you guys all stay on top of things? Like we've done, I'm, we've done really good. I've actually been loving it, but I was really worried about it at first, just not being used to being a remote team and like staying as just kind of like on top of what everyone's working on as much as when we were like, you know, sitting two feet away from each other. So that's something I'm always very interested in and it kind of relates to systems. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, no, I love it. So what do you see for the future of your business? What are you working on like right now? And what are you going to be working on in the next, whatever months, years, however far out you like to look? Uh, I, I think systems are a process. So, you know, it's not always like set it and forget it. And I think that they can always be improved upon, made better, add new ones. So I, for the future of my business, I see myself getting even more organized, you know, as organized as I am, I think that I can always get better. And I just love it so much. So I will definitely be keeping on implementing systems. And I love doing client work. So I'll still keep doing that as well, helping others with systems. And I recently launched the Systems Society, which is a membership program where I teach other service providers how to implement systems for themselves as well as for their clients. And I definitely see myself continuing doing that because I'm having so much fun teaching all about systems. Oh my gosh. Wait, so what does that look like? It's an ongoing membership or is it like, yeah, it's a monthly membership where um, I do like a deep dive into one system every month. Um, in June, we're actually doing client onboarding and I give all of the templates and all of the tech trainings and everything that you need to create your own client onboarding system. And okay, so it would be like basically holding us accountable to actually set something up each like one thing each month. Basically. Yeah, it's like one system a month. Oh my God, that sounds so fun. I did not know. I didn't know that when I had you come on here. Now I want you to tell us more about that. Like, you know, this is not a sales podcast, but um, (laughs) how much does that cost per month and how can we get in that? (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's just the systemssociety.com and it's $37 a month. I just launched it back in the beginning of May. So far, we've done the discovery call system. In June, we're doing client onboarding system. Next month, we're doing Instagram and I have like a million more that I'm so excited to teach about. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. I love it. So for just $37 a month, you'd basically hold me accountable to make sure I get these systems in place. Like, Yeah. And I give you everything, like you get all the templates and everything and even Asana templates. I have this program where it's just one click install and you get all of my like Asana templates for each of these systems. Oh my God. So I could <laughs> sign up and like send all those things to my assistant and still have her set them up. Yeah. And just be the one like in the, wow. This is great. Okay. So I'm going to include the link for that too. I might be seeing you in there soon. (laughs) Um, I think this episode is going to go up after June. So I'm going to feel really bad if everybody else missed out on that month. No, I mean, you still get it. It's all, it's all in there. Oh yeah. You can still revisit like past months. Absolutely. You can pick and choose whatever systems you want to do in whatever order. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, maybe I'm going to even try to list in the show notes, like depending on when this goes up, like which recent ones have happened already yeah. if 
like if by then, like whatever June or July and those ones are up so we can say, show what people have missed. Cause that seems totally worth it and fun. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there. I assume people do find systems fun. It sounds fun to me, uh, right? I like, find systems fun. Systems really? are so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people listening to this are going to think that would be fun. So maybe we'll all see you in there. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, we got to wrap this up, but I always ask everybody two things. One is what's one thing you wish you'd known more about when you first began your business? I wish that I had known more about mindset. Um, I feel like the bigger my business gets, the more I'm realizing how important that is. When I first started my business, I thought mindset was like totally, you know, not, I thought it was stupid. I thought it was fluffy. It wasn't actionable. It was dumb, but I, it's more powerful than you think. And I wish that I had kind of picked up on that sooner and really focused more attention on it. Me too. That's what I say too. Wow. Me and you, we, I, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I could not agree more. Uh, the things you say are so powerful. Like the things you think are so powerful and yes. they actually have more of an impact on the success you have and the things that you're able to accomplish and do than like anything else. I think oh my gosh. I agree. Okay. So, and what's one thing that you'd want to share with other entrepreneurs as they're going along their business journey? Okay. So, um, more than anything else, I, I see a lot of beginner entrepreneurs or, or even seasoned entrepreneurs getting this like perfection paralysis, feeling like everything needs to be perfect. And I think a lot of it, especially this day and age with like Instagram, um, it has to do with comparing yourself to others, seeing everything everybody else is doing and just constantly thinking that you're not doing enough. It's really hard, but you have to learn how to stop comparing yourself to others. And it's important to do things at your own pace so that you don't burn out and all always remember that done is better than perfect. And I have to remind myself of that all the time, but it's never not true. Like done is always better than perfect. And I have to stop comparing myself to others and you know, everybody else should do the same. Yes. That's so good too. Yeah. I love it. Totally agree. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I loved this conversation and I'm so inspired right now to go (laughs) systems, my business, get organized, right? It's about getting organized, which I love. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. I like any opportunity to talk about systems. So thank you. (laughs) Oh, tell people, wait, tell people where to find you. I almost forgot that part (laughs) for if they want to talk systems more with you outside of this. Oh, yeah. Um, you can DM me on Instagram or go to my website. Um, my Instagram is at Mirandanamius. The website is Mirandanamius.com. And you can also go to the systemssociety.com as well. Easy peasy. I'll put those links in the show notes too so people can find it. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes with your favorite takeaway from this episode. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and other links are always in the show notes and we're always happy to hear from you with thoughts, ideas, or even suggestions of someone you'd love to hear me talk to on the show. You can also submit guests online at polinapr.com slash podcast. Lastly, please drop a comment on the post for this episode on the podcast Instagram at female millennial entrepreneurs to let me know you listened. Tune in next time.